Welcome to the Data Whisperer podcast, brought to you by Data Migration International. The podcast where you hear the latest news from the world of data and digital transformation. The Data Whisperer podcast is hosted by Bill Vall, a technology industry veteran and enterprise software professional. Thanks everyone for joining us today as we continue our discussions about the intersection of technology and business. Today, we're talking about the business of IT and procurement and supply chain, and of course, the role that data can play, and even about some of the new augmented technologies that are uh, very much of interest in the market today. Hello, everyone. My name is Bill Wall, and I'm honored to be the host of this podcast series, The Data Whisperer, brought to you by Data Migration International. I'm always fascinated about how we apply technology and services to help companies meet their business challenges. And having worked for years in the IT industry, I know the power of data that's been driving success for customers for many years. That's why I'm very pleased to welcome to the program a seasoned tech executive. He's had a number of chief titles. Some would call him a futurist. Dr. Marcel Vollmer has worked as a chief digital officer, operating officer, procurement officer, innovation officer, a partner at Boston Consulting, and is currently the CEO of Prospitalia Group. Marcel and I were colleagues back in the day at SAP, so I'm happy to have him on the Data Whisperer podcast. Marcel, welcome to the program. Great to have you. Well, many thanks and also welcome from, from my side. Appreciate that you are having me. Well, let's start uh, before we dig into the data topic. Tell us a little bit about Prospitalia. What's your business? Where do you fit into the industry? So basically we are a procurement marketplace for hospitals, providing everything in the healthcare industry, what is needed. Um, healthcare is a growing market, a 9 trillion market out of the 100 trillion global GDP, and therefore definitely a very important segment. And our main focus is providing this for the German market, but we also have business in UK, in Australia, and um, yeah, <clears throat> running a kind of comparable to an Amazon marketplace. It's a little bit different because we are talking about medical devices, FDA mm -hmm. regulations, and things like that. But basically, that's in a nutshell what we what we do, um, a private equity-owned group. So it's always seemed as your career, as I've followed you through the years, has been around procurement and supply chain. Now, as you get into the healthcare space, the role of data in all of those industries is similar? Are there differences or is data at the center of everything? No, I couldn't agree more, Bill, what you are saying about data is the center of everything. Um, in healthcare, probably one thing is a little bit special uh, for good reasons. This is data protection, data security. Of course, uh, you don't want that everyone has access to your health data. Um, on the other side, you also rely um, on having access to the anonymized uh, data for a very good reason, because if there are similarities and um, if you have um, a certain illness, you definitely want to get the best possible treat for whatever you have. And therefore, I think data is really everything. And with the new capabilities, what we have with artificial intelligence, for example, or machine learning to be precise, which is part of artificial intelligence, look at the success rates, what we have for uh, and take breast cancer as a great example. Mm -hmm. So the quality and the speed, what a, what a machine can do today to really um, identify if you have um, a certain risk for, for, um, for cancer, this is really, um, really mind-blowing. And definitely these machines are getting better and better every day due to the learning. And this is a great example why data is so important. And you can really go for in a much broader scale um, for different illnesses, different um, 
different areas um, where you can leverage benefits of big data and the analytics. So we we learned both having worked at SAP that best practices can be shared across industries, even when industries yes. are very, very different. Let's talk about supply chain for a moment. As, as you come into the healthcare space, what are some of the things you're seeing in supply chain and healthcare that uh, could be lessons learned for other industries or or vice versa? Where Where, where is the state of supply chain in healthcare today? Oh, Bill, that, that's a great question. And I think what's very important is really having an end-to-end -end overview and transparency about your supply chain. We have seen this in the pandemic, how critical it is to really understand um, where are my medical devices? Do I get it in time? Because there are patients in need and no one wants to have a patient in need waiting um, longer than, than needed. And we have seen also what's happened um, when Shanghai, the largest table in the world, got closed. Basically, the ships did no longer go to Europe and to other places in the world. And by that, only if you have the transparency, if you have mm -hmm. access to the data, you can also mitigate. And in certain um, areas, um, let's say you need a hip replacement uh, or an implant, I think there, there are things which can wait. And a few days more, one week more, this is possible. You can you can really manage it. But if you're really in a critical condition, um, if you have a heart attack, there is no way to wait. There is no waiting. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you are dead. And therefore... Having access to the data and know exactly where do you have the right medical equipment needed for patients in need, this is absolutely mandatory. And this is really one difference on the supply chain side where it is even more critical compared to others. I know that when we look back on the automotive industry, um, the, um, the just-in-time delivery to a supply chain, it's amazing. But we have also seen how fragile it is. One ship in the Suez Canal can bring right. an entire supply chain to, to a stop. And therefore, you better know exactly where are your, your goods and what is it exactly um, um, what you see as a risk and how can you mitigate the risk. You better think in advance um, what, what to do in a case that this happens. When we talk to supply chain and data executives, very often the two words that come up in the conversation are disruption and resilience. Uh, how do those uh, two words play into the space you're in now in healthcare? I suspect they're they're just as critical. Absolutely, and I think a disruption, the black swan events are great examples. Mm -hmm. When I look back at my time, and you mentioned we go back to the time at SAP when I was uh, Chief Procurement Officer 2011. Some might remember what happened in that year. There were two really critical events, two catastrophes, what we have seen. The first one was Fukushima. I was a few weeks in my job. And basically, um, we thought, oh, wow, horrible what happened with the nuclear plant in Japan. Um, on the other side, I asked my team immediately, what is really happening right now? And are we impacted as SAP? At this time, I was working for SAP. Um, is there anything what we need to consider? And everyone was saying, no, no, we don't have suppliers in this particular area. So therefore, we should be good. What we learned a little bit later um, and I was also having conversations at a procurement conference with other CPOs. And basically, they, they were exactly saying the same what my team was, was um, giving me as a briefing. Um, no business there. But what we have not considered is the tier two or tier three suppliers. So basically, we, are, we might be dependent on certain supplies from suppliers in, in that area. And this is a, an example for a disruption where you really need to think about, and now it comes to resilience, um, have you thought about can you mitigate 
critical suppliers what to do if you are not getting getting something at a certain point in time what happens with your production SAP, of course it's a um, software company therefore we don't have a critical supply chain in a way that basically the entire production will will come to a stop if we are not getting right. certain certain goods um that's a very fortunate thing but on the other side and i give you a second example on a disruption with what which was the flood in thailand same year so we learned in a hard way that basically um two-thirds of the global production of hard disk is happening in thailand and exactly. basically by that when you are and this was the time where all the software companies were building very fast data centers for the cloud business was at the at the upcoming um at the rise at this point in time what do you do without hard disk um so basically you you can't really provide anything um in time for your customers fortunately and here that's a great example of resilience we had the right contracts in place with the it uh, category team um thinking about hey we want to have certain guarantees in the case of a disruption what can happen whatever reasons fortunately the reasons were not not uh, specified but basically in that case we want to have a guarantee that we get first um the hard disk whatever you pre produce in a case of a disruption and this was a great example how we could mitigate the risk and become more resilient in in this particular um area i know it doesn't work for for everything but i think these are two great examples from disruptions as well as on how to mitigate and, and become more resilient as a procurement organization for your supply chain so we um we hear a lot of discussion continuing uh, it's certainly over the course of the last 10 years about digital transformation and the pace at which uh, industries and geographies are moving towards digital processes. But if you think about the healthcare industry, now that you're into it, very often we hear that healthcare is sort of behind the bell curve and there's still a heck of a lot going on in paper-based processing. Are you seeing that um, from where you sit? Well, I couldn't agree more. And this is this is really a topic in healthcare. I was a little bit shocked coming from um, a software company working for a startup um, doing process analytics, process mining, uh, what Celonis was, or even as a partner at, at, at BCG. Um, I, I thought I've seen everything basically, and also the different stage of digital transformation, what companies, what industries have. What I learned in healthcare is, oh wow, they are really far behind and a lot of processes are still paper-based. Look, for example, on how medical devices are getting ordered. It is still fax. Can you imagine a telefax yeah. sending, putting something on paper and then um, sending it to, to a supplier to order something? This is so outdated. But when you look now, and this is more, more an, um, uh, a systemic uh, thing, what, what healthcare has. Um, I had the pleasure also so um, it was a great experience for me as someone with no medical background and fortunately also with not a lot of time spent at hospital in my lifetime, um, going into an OR and really seeing what is happening during an intervention, um, how does the entire supply chain, the warehousing process works, how do we get the patients implants or critical 
medical devices what they what they need when i've seen wow this is paper based and people are really uh, taking notes with a pencil um, on paper going to a warehouse and then putting putting um, a tick on the list that they are that they are taking something and later on they they pile up the paper and then someone else is manually entering it i was thinking about oh wow gosh that's really far behind mm -hmm. and probably that's something which has on the positive side now a lot of um room for improvement to really go to the next level because we need to have the data in real time and if you have a paper-based process come on you are not having really full transparency about what's in your warehouse where are your medical devices and also in a case of a crisis and we mentioned this um what what do you do how do you really get everything in in time and therefore we definitely have um, 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 a lot of potential for improvement here in the healthcare industry. I would definitely rank healthcare at the bottom of all the industries, depending if you say it's 20, 25 industries, whatever you want to say, but healthcare probably is on at the bottom five, um, I would I would say, um, on the digital transformation journey. And that's hopefully something which is supposed to change very, very soon. We, we talk a lot about the bell curve of adoption of technology. And there are always uh, brands that are way out in front and they're willing to take the risks and break glass and, and they're the first movers. And then there's a large group of companies that sort of work their way through and there are the laggards. You've talked about healthcare doing that. It, what What is that journey for healthcare? Is that a five to 10 year uh, journey to get healthcare further along that bell curve? <laughs> That's a tough question. And as, as we know, healthcare, it's a little bit different in the US uh, compared to Europe or mm. in, in, in Asia, um, as we have different different systems here uh, in place. I would say US is a little bit more advanced already. Um, Europe is um, very much also uh, funded by the government, um, a public healthcare system, what you, what you have. Um, when I see also how long it takes really to run large infrastructure projects here in Europe, I would say it's more 10 to 15 years journey yep. what we have i doubt that we have the time and i would definitely say i'm talking now about the overall digital transformation also getting rid of the paper-based processes when it comes how to use the med tech space and um, i mentioned breast cancer as one example fortunately we are not far behind here and and definitely also leveraging ai now all the, um, all the opportunities what we have by using machine learning uh, algorithms and also the latest, greatest, whatever in technology got, got invented. I think that's fortunately something for the benefit of the patient where we are where we are already in the play and very well positioned. But I think really when you look at the digital transformation, also how you wanna use the data, um, that's also something where I have to say, People are getting tired of um, filling out all these forms and doing this again and again by changing a doctor. Can't you have a medical record on your iPhone and basically transfer that? Basically, Google knows every everything where I am. Um, and I think, okay, you can argue is this a good thing or not. But basically, I think there's a standard set of information which you could make um, really accessible with an API uh, interface to a computer system. 
Yeah. Where you say, hey, these are the public data I'm willing to share with my name, my age, and, and certain medical uh, base information. And then I think you could, could also think about um, how can you also um, keep certain information with you? You might also have an, uh, a medical emergency. I'm traveling a lot. And what's happening um, um, if I'm, I'm traveling on Sunday to, to the United States? So there's a um, eight hours time difference, what, uh, what we are talking about. So, so basically, what's happening in a medical uh, emergency? Um, how can I also insurance? Because I'm very interested that everyone um, uh, who wants to help me has access also to the information needed. And I think that's definitely something which I would see more on, um, in, a, in a mid to long term perspective. To, well, let's, to hope, let's hope we get there because all of us uh, can benefit that. You talked about AI and machine learning Obviously, lots of discussion going on about uh, language models like ChatGPT yeah. and others. Sounds like, at least in the healthcare space, those technologies are very much in play on the diagnostic side of the business. It's going to be a struggle for them to be in the supply chain and procurement space until some of these paper-based processes uh, are set aside. Uh, but the promise is there in healthcare, whereas a uh, from your futurist perspective, where are we going with these technologies? It, it, certainly there are those that are fearful of them, but the business benefits are pretty real today. Absolutely. And, and you're, you're, you're right saying that on the diagnostic side, we have already a lot of access to data, which is mm -hmm. a good thing, because what is machine learning about? You need to have really uh, a huge amount of data to really make the learning meaningful. Um, on the other side, I would also um, add robotics to that. And when, when you have seen a Da Vinci system, a robot which can, can do a remote um, intervention at a patient, I think that's really mind-blowing. When you see how this works on a machine, you can really think about and, and looking a little bit into the future by that. You could have access to the best specialist for a certain intervention anywhere in the world. And, and right. if you can make it um, possible, like we do now, um, um, a call like this um, possible with, uh, with an internet connection, what we, what we have, I think um, the best possible specialist can help any patients in the world by having access also to certain robotics where we see really that we have huge advancements here on the technology side. That's definitely an area I would see. I also see that with artificial intelligence, and when you look now more on uh, genetics and understanding really the, the DNA of individuals, you might be even a, um, able to say, hey, you might have a certain risk for certain illnesses, you might have a history or your family has a history on that. That's something also where you can, can think about, can you link this to nutrition? Can you link this also to the way that you um, have probably a little bit earlier than other people of your age range, um, the right, um, uh, right checkups to really see that you are not having a risk and, and not basically getting um, a very bad illness like cancer or anything like that. I think we will definitely see huge advancements here and um, hopefully um, we will get older and older. It's really amazing seeing that, what the average age is right now, and hopefully also that we feel very well, because getting older is not a benefit per se. It is also that you feel very well um, and, and really can enjoy life. And, and this is something where healthcare is definitely contributing a lot with the advancements of technologies. What you're describing um, with these technologies is really about the intersection of people and machines and the potential yes. for 
uh, data to assist, as you suggested, medical experts to do interventions anywhere is kind of interesting. I want to touch on one last quick topic and then we'll wrap up. You you talk a lot in the procurement and supply chain space about this term glocalization. What do you mean by glocalization? So localization is where when you combine the benefits of globalization, like um, the production, what we have seen in, in Far East uh, for mm. Um, for, to, to get the labor arbitrage um, as a benefit, you need now to balance this and look a little bit on the risk side. And we men you mentioned resilience. That's something also where you think about, hmm, um, it's great. And I think globalization will continue. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's definitely something um, I'm, I'm strongly believing in that this will continue, but probably also thinking a little bit about how can we also uh, balance this a little bit more that we are not too much dependent on certain suppliers. One single ship um, can bring an entire supply chain between Asia and Europe to a standstill. And that's also something when you now um, 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 enhance as a few a little bit by uh, criteria like sustainability. That's definitely a topic right now as CO2 is getting a price. You need to think about how can you really balance this a little bit and what is the best mix of your, your supply base. And then I hope that you can leverage this and really go for the next level of digital transformation. I call it bionic. You mentioned the uh, machine-human interaction. Mm -hmm. You can say augmented reality or um, uh, augmenting also the human capabilities, what we have. But I think bionic might be a great term to say going really for a more combined view on leveraging the technology, the latest, greatest, chat GPT, artificial intelligence, and much more. Um, and the humans, because we as humans are still absolutely key to really um, keep the world going. And in healthcare in particular, that's that's an area where you need the experience and the doctors um, combining also and, and really coming to the right conclusion at the end. Mm -hmm. When you see all the data, getting access to more might help here and really hopefully the patient is benefiting from that. Sounds good. You know, Marcel, every time we have a chance to talk, uh, I learned so much about the topics and all of you that are tuning into uh, the, the podcast today can engage directly with Marcel on LinkedIn. He's got a good feed to follow because a lot of his posts are a place to learn about what's happening in data, AI, tech topics, and now, of course, in the healthcare space. Marcel Vollmer, thanks so much for being on the program today. Bill, many thanks for ha having me. It was a great pleasure again. Thanks, everyone, for joining us uh, today. Our podcast series will regularly take a look at the latest news from the world of data and digital transformation. We encourage you to join in the discussion. We'll have details on how to engage with us as our program wraps up. For everyone on the Data Whisperer podcast and all of the folks at Data Migration International, I'm your host, Bill Wall. So long, and we'll talk again soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Data Whisperer podcast, brought to you by data experts, Data Migration International. You can find out about our business and services by visiting jibs.com. That's J-I-V-S dot com. To follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn, simply search for Data Migration International. Stay tuned for further podcasts in the Data Whisperer series from Data Migration International.